Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 427. This is part two of a two-part show with Rob Dickinson. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jump start a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jump start any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Let's shift gears here and, and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I like to call a career aha moment. It's that moment in time when the headlights come on and kind of illuminate your way for this new idea, this new direction. And maybe it, maybe it was. There was that moment with Singer that just opened the door and you said, I've got to do this. And, and tell us the steps you took to turn that aha moment into a success. Um, well, it helps to be utterly, utterly obsessive, Mark. And that's something <laughs> that unfortunately or fortunately I am. I've heard that about you. <laughs> so I have the ability to obsess and obsess about something and think and think and think about it until it would be it would bore other people rigid. The journey, as I said, started to sing started this car that I built for myself in two thousand and three, two thousand and four, and then deeply inserting myself into the Porsche culture here in Southern California. Mm-hmm. I joined a I joined a club called the R Grouper. Oh which yes, is, uh, which Chad, of course, is also a member of. Which uh, that the, the proudly modify early Porsche 911s um, yep. to, to varying degrees, and, and I was a I was a proud member of that posse in the early 2000s. Made lots of friends there. Yeah, was utterly utterly inspired by some of the other cars there, and it was a real light bulb moment. I suppose there was a point in maybe 2006 2007 where we started to see some. Uh, Big dollar restorations, modified cars coming into the into the club, uh-huh. into some of these meetings where people would spend maybe hundred hundred fifty thousand dollars on having a shop uh, modify their early nine eleven in a way that was particularly extravagant. Yep. So it seemed at the time. Oh yeah. I obviously being in the club and knowing knowing a lot of people who had these cars, I had the opportunity to you know to to check these cars out and to drive them and to to ride in them, and it became very clear to me that that. Um, that some of these were better than others, and and some some pieces, some parts worked better than others, and some shops did better work than others, and 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 I started to think, well, why why does it have to be that way? Why why can't we just build the best ones? <laughs> because it, it, it was it was clear to me that beneath these differing tastes and these differing 
depths of pockets of some of the owners of some of these cars was with a and certainly in my mind was an ultimate early nine eleven that was just correct that we would all walk up to and go, Ah, oh, Jesus Christ, that's the one. Yep. And that's what I want and, and, and I became increasingly fixated on this and I became increasingly uh um um committed to uh and convinced that I could build this car. Or I I, I <laughs> yep. had the I, I I now knew the people, I now knew things not to do, I knew the things to do. Mm-hmm. And I and I started to become gripped by this. And I was gripped by it so much that I started that, that music and this is the interesting part, music started to become less and less and less important as this new obsession took over. Uh-huh. And believe me, I'd been obsessed by with music for for twenty years at that point. So yeah. I was maybe exhausted by music a little bit. I'd had a stranglehold on similarly obsessive principles in, in, in my music career. Mm-hmm. And suddenly these things were getting edged aside by this profound obsession I had with trying to uh, uh, materialize this car that I had in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, uh, as I say in the book, I mean, this the, what we do at Singer isn't particularly revolutionary at all. It's a, We restore and modify old cars. It's, resto mods it's common practice here and especially in, the, in america yep. but it I, I, it was clear to me that no one was doing this properly with an old porsche 911 and certainly no one was doing it with at the ridiculous level of the of execution that i had in my brain that would be absolutely essential if we, we were going to reach a wider audience which we would need to do and that's the other thing that was clear mark to me is that that um and was and a lesson that i learned from my uh, from my time in Hollywood, driving around in my own little um, hot rod 911 that, that I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. was that the fascination for these cars was far wider than a bunch of nerdy guys like the R Group standing around in a in a in a cold car park looking at each other's cars. The, the, <laughs> these cars had a profound, wide, broad spectrum of desirability from people who didn't necessarily understand. The nuances of them, but just just loved these early Porsche 911s, and it was clear to me in a town that is very blasé and very jaded about the cars, about cars. As you can imagine, uh, there's a certain amount of uh, been there, seen it, done it in this town. But my car was was an antidote to that. My car was this little thing that people would would start uh, would start up conversations with lights at lights at gas stations. Dude, I want to buy your car. I, I, where can I get something like that? What is it? What year is it? Endless. What, what year is it? Is, that, is it stock? Is it standard? And I, I would have fabulous conversations. With, I'd, I'd have I'd, on three occasions people pass me bot- bottles of champagne through the window. <laughs> traffic lights saying, I'm going to buy your car, dude. This, wow. this is a down pony. And I started to think, well, you know, I, after saying, no, you can't buy my car. I started to say, well, maybe I can build you something similar, and that, and that combined with with this vision that I'd started to develop through the R Group, um, started to metamorphosize as this singular idea that if such a halo, ultimate celebration of the air-cooled era of the 911 existed, or we offered our services to make it exist. 
only good things could happen. And that's as far as the idea got in terms of expectation of it. Sure. I just knew that it was a solid idea and I knew that it would have some it would have reasonable mass appeal, not just from a for, from from Porsche nine eleven fanatics, but from people who had more of a, a passing interest in cars. And I was gripped by this and uh, in the same way, again, as I was gripped by my belief in my band back in 1990 that I knew good things would happen. I didn't know where it would lead, but I knew we had a good band and I knew we had something to say musically. I knew we had a good idea with, with our vision for, for the Porsche and I knew good things would happen. I had no idea where it would lead and I had no idea that we'd be uh, certainly having this conversation seven years later. But um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what an aha moment. Holy cow. And your, your great Poupon moment was champagne. I want to buy your car, dude. So, uh, <laughs> I love those. You know, let's, let's go on and talk a, a moment here about proudest career business moments. Is, is there a moment in time where you stood back and went, wow, look what we've done? Yes. Yeah, so I, I think, I think that probably is. I think, um, and obviously these moments usually come they take you by surprise. I think when, when you do get those moments of of, uh, of putting things in perspective, because you know we, we I certainly spend so much of my time with my head down, getting on with business that you tend rarely to look up and to look yes. over your shoulder and, yeah. look, and look what you, look what you've done. I, I do think that's part of part of the creative spirit. I think if you if you dwell too much too long on your your supposed achievements you 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 run the risk of stopping being progressive and i think that's just part of the the creative spirit but i but there was a moment i, I um the geneva auto show uh last year now 2015 mm-hmm. and uh met up with our great friend chris harris uh, i'm sure your your listeners know well who's subsequently become a, a great friend and um we had a great fantastic dinner on the eve of the first press day at Geneva with it was a brilliant table at the best restaurant the best restaurant in Geneva eating the best steak and drinking the best wine <laughs> cool uh, it was me Chris Harris Andreas Preuninger Ooh. Andreas Preuninger was head of the the, the GT uh, car, road car program at Porsche yeah um, he's the man responsible for GT3 RS GT3 uh, GT4 Cayman all the fabulous GT3 cars of the last 10 years who has also subsequently become a, a great, great friend. And I met him for the first time that evening. And also, of course, Peter Stevens walked in and sat down and, oh. and, and sat with us. But, wow. but the, the proud moment of the, for me of the evening was two things. Andreas, first, a lovely, lovely, lovely guy. He, he shook my hand and said, Rob, you need to know, if I could only have one car, it would be a Porsche 911. And if it was it would need to be one of yours. Oh, wow. For me, I, after I picked myself up off the floor um, <laughs> and really and really slapped myself around the face, did that guy just really say that? Well, yeah. I think he did really. I think he did say that. But then as the evening progressed and we drank more wine and, and had more fun, Chris and Andrea started to, to suggest, well, they, they said very clearly, they said, do you realize what you've achieved? They said that, you know, what Singer has managed to do has caught the attention of the industry in that sense that it is possible to celebrate one's heritage in a very, very fabulous way mm. and actually turn it, God forbid, into maybe a business. And, and the sense that, you know, I think at that point we'd, we'd taken 70 orders for our, for our work. And there was a sense that, you know, 
the world was watching us. And, and sure enough, as I, as I went around to the show the subsequent the following day with Chris, it, it was clear that you know we were well received on the you know on various OEM stands around the show, and and it was clear that there was a sense of what has Singer done? You know, Singer has managed to celebrate this old car mm-hmm. um, in a way which is correct and fitting. And uh, you know, and this, using hopefully some of the some of the design conceptual logic and language that Porsche themselves would have used at the time, mm-hmm. understatement and proper engineering and everything else, and the sense that you know the world is looking and the world is actually is actually paying attention to what we were doing, and that for me certainly from from those two guys was a Jesus Christ, you know, that's a, a big <laughs> a, a big moment for me because you know as I said that we would. It's easy to stuck out here on the west coast of America. It's quite easy to be rather cut off from the rest of the world. But to be told that what we were doing was resonating and uh, with some proper people in the in the in, in the car business was um, humbling to humbling to say the least. Yeah. Wow. Well, congratulations for that. I'm sitting here as you were telling us that story and thinking of that table with those people at it. And uh, yeah, it was uh, certainly a wonderful, wonderful, proud moment for you. Congratulations to you and, and the team. You've surrounded yourself with some very talented people. You know, let's have a little fun here. You talked about some pretty cool cars, but what was your first really special car? Special car was my first Porsche 911. Absolutely. Oh. I wish I bought it in 1996. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was a, it was a 1987 3.2 Carrera. Yep. Uh, white no spoilers, non-sport. I had the telephone dial wheels. No, no spoilers and a blue leather interior with sports seats. I remember cool. it vividly. And <laughs> it needed. Uh, it had done forty-four thousand miles when I purchased it, and uh, within two thousand miles, it was obvious that the car needed a top-end rebuild because it was using tons and tons of oil. Yep. So I, I kind of bought a lemon, but I didn't really care that the uh, those, those early three-two engines have a have a tendency to to eat their valve guides rather quickly. So uh, yep, that, was, sure. that was one of my first lessons in realities. But um, that car stayed with me for about a year and was then exchanged for a car that was, again, I think pivotal in gestation of Genesis Singer. Um, I purchased a part-restored 1973 2.4S uh, Porsche 911. Nice. Um, and then subsequently spent a huge amount of time, a huge amount of money restoring that car back to exact original standards. Mm-hmm. And of course, once I'd restored it back to originality, all I wanted to do was hot rod it, improve <laughs> it, or change it. Of course. And of course, I, and of course I couldn't because a 2.4S in England, even in, uh, in 1990. 1998 was a very rare car yeah and uh, modifying or hot rodding such a car would have been uh, a little sacrilegious <laughs> a little sacrilegious so i but but this primal urge mark that i had to mess with this thing and to fix the bits <laughs> that i knew needed fixing to right. oh my god it was profound and, and never left me and when i that moment when i was back in, in los angeles in 2003 when i sold my car that i had in england it was this liberating moment where i did not have to adhere to the originality of, of a standard restoration, I could damn well go and do what the hell I wanted because I had a nice sack full of money to go and build my ultimate 911. And this, for me, again, was a very pivotal moment of freedom and uh, had a lot to do with being in California, had a lot to do with the car culture here, the, the, the sense of the can-do spirit, that anything is possible if, if you want to work hard enough at it. 
all these things came together for me in 2003 and gave me the confidence to do something that was very creative on an automotive level for me. And it's like I'd been stuck in music for you know, 15 years at that point and, and hadn't been liberated in such a way with a car. But I found a, a brilliant shop here in Los Angeles to work with TRE Motorsports. Um, oh, yeah. Dave Bizarrely there is a, is, a, is a big mentor of mine. And uh, we built this this special little car together. And I, I purchased this car actually from Hans McKee who is the head of the VW Advanced Studio here in, in Los Angeles. Yeah. And, of course, his father was Anatole Tony Lapine, who was head of Porsche Design for through the 70s and 80s, a, an incredibly important figure. Yes. And uh, I found this 1969 911 on the Internet in uh, 2001 and called up and subsequently learned that the owner was Hans Lapine. I flew, to, flew to, uh, to L.A. from New York and purchased this car from him. And, again, he was a big part of you know, my car had been owned by Porsche Royalty, this car that I was modifying. Oh, yeah. It was a big moment for me to find Los Angeles and to embrace California that I've loved so much and has had so much to do with the success of, of Singer, I think. I mean, as I've said before, I mean, I don't think there's another place on planet Earth that I would have come up with this idea and I would have been able to execute this idea. Um, we have this amazing pool of talent here in Southern California. Yes. And, uh, you know, everything that Singer does is generated here in, in Southern California due to the amazing um, industry that, that is the automotive and the uh, aerospace and the military and the defense industries that obviously are, are burgeoning here in Southern California with all the expe expected engineering support that those industries need. And, and of course, we've used all those, all those people to, to our advantage to, to, do, to, to execute our work. Absolutely. In fact, uh, Frank Hansowitz of Ed Pink Racing Engines was a guest of mine just a few weeks ago. He builds your engines for you. Absolutely. He's just one of the many people who've been on Cars Yeah here that, that we share that with. And, you know, we have a little bit in common. Uh, early Porsche for me when I grew up in Southern California was an 84 Carrera Cabriolet, which I really love that car. Perfect for living in San Diego, driving around with the top down. Fantastic. I had a 72S. That sadly ah. got away from me, but that was a very, very special car. And that leads me to the next question. Is there one car that you've let go that you really wish you could have back in your garage? All the cars I've owned, I'd like to have back. All the crappy ones and the great ones as well. I mean, I, I just, if circumstances allow it, I think I might go and track them down. <laughs> in the autumn of my years, maybe I'll, gonna, I'll go and track down all the, the cars. What would be the first one, that first one, that one car that you want back? I'm going to find that 2.4S that I restored. Yeah, yeah, I understand. <laughs> I, I, remember, I, remember I, I remember I sold it for £30,000 in 19, no, in 2001. Yep. Now, that car is probably worth a quarter of a million dollars. Oh, right yeah, now, yeah. You know what? Let's not even talk about that because it's just going to get me upset when I think about it. But when we let cars go... The time is right at that time, so sometimes you can't look back. But let's move on here because I want to tell our listeners about this new book of yours. And I always ask my guests at this point in our talk about current projects, but I really want you to, to talk about why this book was put together. The title is One More Than Ten, Singer and the Porsche 911. It was published by Stanton Speed, Peter Bodensteiner, who's been a guest here on Cars Yeah, and Michael Harley, editor-in-chief at AutoWeb, another guest here at Cars Yeah, who helped you with this book. What, what was the genesis? Why? Why? I produce a book? What was your reasoning? Peter came to us and suggested the idea, and we thought that might be we thought it might be fun to do something that kind of documented the first stumbling years of our company. And um, 
I'm glad we did it. I mean, it was it's, it's bloody painful. Making a book is bloody torture. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it. To anybody, it's a lot of hard work. It's literally for, uh, over a year late in coming out, and that's purely our fault. And it, and and I and I should name check uh, a, a fantastic colleague of mine, a singer, Alex Cox, who really dug deep and made the book happen after me and uh, Michael had, had done our share. There was a subsequently huge amount um, a, a additional work to do to make the book all that we thought it needed to be. And uh, Alex Alex uh, executed that brilliantly. It was an opportunity to look back and, and really go over the madness that we went through. Mm-hmm. to do this and, and it's uh, hopefully it documents uh, reasonably faithfully what we went through to be here today wherever that is I don't, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, str- I'm struggling to know where we really stand in, in the big scheme of things but you know it, it's been a journey it's been a hell of a journey we started literally with two of us doing this me and my my friend Andy Harrison who was my old colleague from Lotus who used to run the Lotus interior department uh, design department at Lotus uh-huh. we ran into each other in Los Angeles in 2007 and I said to Andy, I said, Andy, I've got an idea, you've got to help me. And of course, Andy had been living here in Southern California for 10 years and was deeply entrenched in the design world here um, and introduced me to everyone that uh, I needed to know to convince me that this idea that I had was was feasible. And, uh, and indeed, Andy was our project manager for the, for the first couple of years of, of, the, of the company's life. But it was almost quite painful reliving some some of the stuff we we, we had to go through. <laughs> yeah, but it was. But I but I do think I do think it was useful for our own benefit. And and um, you know now we have nearly sixty people working at the company. Wow. Um, and, and just in in six years, with six or seven years, we've gone from two to to, to sixty employees. And uh, you know the company is uh, appears to be pretty well known all over the world, and and um, yep. you know our name means something. And of course, that's the other thing that I always wanted to build. Uh, the, the singer would be synonymous with a certain type of values and integrity. Dare I say that word? Um, and uh, hopefully, that's what we are. That's yes. the thing. In many ways, I'm most proud of, and that the singer does stand for something of unusual quality and that's and that's what we have been killing ourselves for the last seven years to try and develop most definitely and that's what the book is about and that and that and in many ways we've tried to put that those sensibilities into the book as well just to put the, the title in perspective the, the the gag when we started was that we turned the volume up to 11 on everything that we do and, <laughs> and there was a sense of that that was inspired by the the great spinal tap movie when the classic scene where they're uh, talking about the amps that go to 11 yep. uh, rather than going up to 10 on the volume control because 11 is one more than 10 and that means it's one louder Yep. And uh, I, I always love the ridiculousness of that notion that you could make something one louder. But the idea is that we've tried to build at the store and modify these, these Porsche 911s with that manifesto in mind. And that's, uh, that's certainly where the title comes from. Well, you've done it. It's a brilliant book. It's absolutely fantastic. And we'll talk at the end of our discussion here about where our listeners can get it. But first, I have a really introspective question for you, Rob. I kind of know how you're going to answer this, but you might surprise me. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? <laughs> I was a car. Yeah. I bought myself a birthday present last year. I, like 2015, I was 50 years old. And I purchased as a gift to myself a 1995 Porsche 911, the 993 model. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wonderful cars. Uh, and I drive that car daily now. And I get so much satisfaction, Mark, from knowing 
that if I could only have one car, yes, of course, I would probably have one of our restored and modified Porsche 911s by Singer, but that's probably what I would have. But if, if I could only have something rather more mundane, I would have a 993, and it would be the car that I have. Yep. And it resonates with me so much in terms of its understatement, its quiet ability to get on with the job for which it was designed. I only can think that if, as it resonates with me so much, I guess that is the car that I would be. But um, yeah, so, I think it makes sense. Um, <laughs> I feel so comfortable in the car. It's such a practical, compact, amazing piece of engineering that we'll ne- we will never see its like its like ever again. A massively over-engineered car. Yeah. Um, uh, that uh, was at the very end of an era at Porsche that won't be repeated for very pragmatic reasons. Yeah. It's a snapshot in time of a company's development and something that I feel enormously comfortable in. You know, when you're sitting in a car in traffic and no matter how great the car is, you can feel like a total idiot in it. If it doesn't, if you, if it doesn't feel like something that you wear with comfort and, uh, this car feels just right for me it's like a, it's like a familiar coat you can put on and, and just feel good in yeah they're wonderful i had a 98 993 and it, the vario ram engine alone just when you hit around 3800 rpms the car just changes into something else Sure. I got to spend two weeks driving around Europe in one, picked one up at the factory. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, in 96. And it was just, yeah, I know what you mean. And the 993s have, have finally come back on their own. Of course, the prices are skyrocketing like so many cars. But I think you're, you picked the right car for Rob of who you are. Excellent choice. And what's up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsor. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. All right, Rob, we are back and we're entering the last lap. And this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Yeah. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Uh, the importance of wheels. Um, wheels? For me, yeah, for me, wheels. And, and actually, more important than that, tires. And the tire-to-wheel relationship has been something that's um, absolutely pivotal and, and the building block of good car design for me. It's hard, but um, where the wheels sit and the stance of the car is, is massively important. I think Peter Stevens uh, helped inspire that in me. Yes. No, I think it's a great answer. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has helped contribute to your success there at Singer? <laughs> Obsession. Obsession. Absolute, I knew absolute, <laughs> absolute bona fide OCD. I was a kid at the age of seven that would go around every faucet in our house uh, five or six times before I, go to, before, I, before I could go to sleep, convinced that they were all properly turned off. Oh. Now, I, in England, in the, in the, in the 1970s, no one had invented OCD, but it's only subsequently that I realized I 
at OCD, <laughs> and that is what I have. And uh, if you want to try to do what we've done, you probably a good dose of OCD is probably essential. I understand. How about a resource? I know there are so many great resources out there, but is there one in particular that you think our listeners would really enjoy that you enjoy? Maybe this is a a website, maybe it's a supplier you're very fond of, uh, maybe it's a person, it's an app, some kind of a great resource. It's two things. It's Wayne Dempsey and it's Pelican Park. <laughs> I, I don't know whether you've had Wayne on the yes, show. Yes, I have had Wayne on the show, yep. Wayne is a, a big hero of mine in many ways. Uh, what he's built at Pelican, both in, as a business and as a forum, is is pretty pretty wonderful. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a great friend and, um, and, and an inspiration in many ways. Very cool. Yeah, I love him. He's great. How about a book? Now, we talked about your book, which, again, is titled One More Than Ten, Singer and the Porsche 911. But is there another book that you could recommend to our listeners that you really enjoyed reading? Um, can I have two? Yes, of course. I would suggest that everyone reads The Wasp Factory by Ian Banks. Hmm. And I would suggest that uh, everyone tries to get hold of the new Career RS book that's just come out, which, oh. is, which is particularly fantastic. Yes. Uh, it's a bit expensive, but it's, uh, it's, it's brilliant. Well, I'll remind our listeners, you can find links to all these great resources at carsyad.com slash Rob Dickinson. All right, Rob, I think you already answered this question, but I'm going to ask you again. We're up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a real doozy. If you could have only one collector car in your garage and this is something that you can't sell to buy a bunch of other cars with so that little trick's off the table but don't worry about the price because i'm going to buy you whatever you want okay (laughs) and you know i'm going to tell our listeners here a little story real quick because i had my son blake interview me on my 300th show here and i asked all my guests this question one collector car question and when blake asked me this question i said a singer and I, and I and I just want to let our guests know I've been a car guy since I was a little boy. I've been a Porsche guy since I was a little boy. And I think that it's a testament to what you've done there at Singer Rob. And I'm not just blowing smoke up your skirt here today. I'm really um, astounded at what you've created. No, oh, I'm, I'm humbled with that. But that is just just uh, just brilliant. I don't know what to say to that. I would one thing I probably have to say is that we <laughs> that we're not allowed to call what we do. Singers, they're Porsche 911s, of course, that have been restored and modified by by Singer. It's another aspect of our learning curve. To, yes, that we must must respect Porsche's uh, trademarks and IPs, and it's something that that uh, we uh, we need to to let people know that uh, everything we do is a Porsche, and it's um, and it's celebrating Porsche, and it's Porsche writ large and Singer writ small, as far as I'm concerned. So, so a <laughs> yes. Porsche 911 restored and, and and modified by Singer is certainly a car that I would probably choose to have. In, in my garage is my only car but if I if it had to be something more of a standard car it would absolutely be a Porsche 993 narrow bodied C2 coupe um, nice. on the right wheels with the uh, with the with the right engine and the right gearbox and yeah. uh, I would be I would be happy forever well and it sounds like you've already got one of those in your garage so you're a guy who's living his dream Rob, (laughs) you have taken me on an awesome ride today. I knew you would, and I've really enjoyed your stories. And I want to thank you for taking some time out of your busy day and and sharing your journey with the Cars Yow listeners. Could you offer us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in your Porsche? Oh, goodness, guidance. Who the hell am I to give guidance? (laughs) I don't know. I mean, you have to you have to be true to yourself. I mean, how many how many times have we heard other people say that? Um, 
that's where fulfillment comes from, I think. Um, and if you have an idea and you keep thinking about it and you keep thinking about it, be fearless, do it. Yeah, be fearless and do it. Be true to yourself. Great words of wisdom from a guy who's lived a life that he's been true to himself in. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and Singer Automobiles? I guess, as as is the way these days, it's through our website. It's pretty useful. SingerVehicleDesign.com is our website. We have an Instagram thing and a Twitter thing, and I can't tell you what those are because <laughs> I don't have much to do with those, but so we a bit of a presence on social media. And, yep. um, and uh, yeah, and you can probably find the records that I made if you if you if you look hard enough. For oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I spent the morning listening to many of your songs on uh, YouTube. Fantastic music. Uh, it was really fun to be exposed to that. You guys were a brilliant band. Really, really enjoyed it. And uh, I'll remind our listeners again, you can just go to Rob's show notes page here at Cars Yeah, and I'll have links to everything that we talked about today. And one last little thing here, too, is I understand on January 23rd, in a few days from when this show airs, you're going to be at Autobooks Era Books. And uh, Tina's been a guest on our show here. And you're going to have a book signing of this new book, One More Than Ten Singer and the Porsche 911. Is that right? That is right, yes. We're very much looking forward to that. I'm a huge fan of Tina's store there, and uh, yep. yeah. I've spent far too many hours in, in there. And <laughs> I think we, we, we kick off at 10 o'clock on Saturday, uh, Saturday morning. Awesome. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything we've talked about at CarsYad.com. Just put Rob in the search bar. And if you're in the Los Angeles area on January 23rd, stop by AutoBooks and AeroBooks. You can say hello to Rob, uh, buy one of his books, get yourself a copy of this book. They're going to all be sold out, I'm sure. And uh, it's something worthy of every auto aficionado's library shelf. And here's something really cool. Rob Dickinson and Stanton Speed, the publishers of Rob's new book, one More Than Ten, Singer, and the Porsche 911 are giving me a copy to give away to one of our lucky Cars yeah listeners. So if you're a subscriber at Cars yeah, your name is in the pot to win a book this week. And if you are not a subscriber, go to CarsYeah.com and subscribe so you have a chance to win this book. You could be the lucky winner. Rob, thanks again for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and, and for sharing your experiences with our listeners and with me. I've had so much fun. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. It was an absolute pleasure. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. The pleasure's all mine. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!